I'm Gab, he's Jules. Uh, gray skies over West Ham, but it doesn't matter because they're far grayer over Old Trafford Ooh. after that explosive Cristiano Ronaldo interview. We'll be getting into all that kind of overshadowed Alejandro Garnacho's late goal yeah. and their win over um, over Fulham. Uh, that's not the only thing that's going on because Manchester City dropping points, Arsenal Lost. winning again, Napoli winning again. That's hardly news. We'll have all that, but look, there's obviously one place to start. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I'm going to just provide a little bit of background to this because you might have seen headlines left and right. There's a man named Piers Morgan who you may or may not be familiar with. He 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 appears on a network called Talk TV, which is somewhere in my uh, on, on my TV, EPG on my yeah, phone. I, 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 I'd say I have never watched it. Me neither. Um, but he's secured a big interview with Cristiano Ronaldo. They've which been is friends actually, for a long time. They've yeah, they've friends, worked together yeah. and whatnot. Uh, the interview is actually airing Wednesday and Thursday, but he's released clips. Certainly, the clips that he's released have been, say the least, pretty explosive. Yeah. He said United are trying to force him out of the club. He said it's not just Ten Hag; it's the people above him. Uh, he said that Ralph Rangnick isn't really a manager. Um, he said he had to go look him up, which I thought was wow. Yeah. Like seriously, uh, he didn't know who he was when he was appointed. Um, and I think what mostly caught the eye is he said. He doesn't respect Eric Ten Hag because Eric Ten Hag does not respect him. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack here, yeah. Jules. Uh, so we're going to try to do this as, as, as in the rational ways we can. First and foremost, are you surprised that Cristiano would do this? Uh, I'm not surprised uh, because he's he kind of warned us before a few few weeks ago on social media saying I would make I would do an interview soon and the truth will come out and I would. I will say the truth, wait for the truth, everything else that is written on me or said about me is, is false. We knew that, I think he had that frustration in him, remember him snubbing Gary Neville you know, on the pitch, right. snubbing Jamie Carragher, clearly not happy with what former players and current pundit were saying about him maybe, Doesn't like, you know, not liking his situation at the club, uh, in the team, leaving early, all that kind of stuff. So you knew that he was probably bubbling up inside and at some point it would have to come out. The timing, I guess, you would think that he did this interview quite a while ago, but said it can only be out during the break before the World Cup. I'm not even sure he did it that. Why? I don't know why it would be quite a while ago. I mean, it well, could have been any time, right? Yeah, could have been any time. But, this weekend, but so. if someone asks, well, what about the timing? Well, I guess you do I, it, it when there's no more football at club level. Yeah, I think the timing was very deliberate. I think it was to get this out of the way. Get yeah. this issue out of the way for the World Cup. Not have it hanging over him in his mind. But he can't come back to Manchester United. You agree, right? Now, after saying that, there is no way he can turn up now and face Eric Ten Hag again after the World I, Cup. I think it would have to be the most improbable of apologies. I think he's far too proud uh, a person to mm. do that. Yeah. Um, some might say too stubborn. If he does turn up, I don't see how Eric... And, and there isn't some sort of profuse apology... I don't see how Eric Ten Hag can play him um, you know, without losing credibility. And so that would mean that Cristiano Ronaldo, at age 37, would not play football until his contract expires in June. Yeah, I, or he I, finds I, another club in January. No, no, no. I'm saying this. Unless yeah. he finds another club in January. Yeah. Which would also mean him, realistically, because we went through all this in the summer, yeah. which would also mean him taking a huge pay cut. I think it's pretty much inevitable. Um, so I think in some ways, and you know, you call me Mr. Brightside, I look on the positives. I don't think that this is a bad thing 
for Manchester United. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing for Cristiano Ronaldo, necessarily. People are saying he's tarnished his legacy. Look, he doesn't come off well. I don't think you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. No. We've seen situations where he's come very close to this in the past. Anybody who has spoken to people at Real Madrid and at Juventus, and yeah. United as well. He said he was a slave when, they, when he could not leave when he wanted to Real Madrid. Precisely. This isn't, this isn't new. This is part of his personality. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people who are, you know, absolute A-list athletes who have this kind of personality because they're surrounded, you know, in, in an echo chamber of, of yes men and whatever, yeah. uh, whether, it's, whether it's Michael Jordan, whether it's Tom Brady, yeah, you know, there's a lot of examples. Not Roger Federer because he's genuinely a good guy, but yeah. there's a lot of people who, who are surrounded in this. And I think if the idea was to get a break, to, 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 to bring it to a point of no return with Manchester United so that they have to let him go, maybe even pay him some money to leave in January, thereby making a move affordable, then it's going to work out for Cristiano Ronaldo and it's going to work out for Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, they can terminate his contract right now, easily. I'm not a lawyer. And when people say like they should terminate his contract, it can mean many different things, right? There are certain things that a club can do uh, or if, if a player is in, is in a serious breach uh, where they can unilaterally terminate his contract and not pay up the rest of his contract. I'm not sure that giving an unauthorized interview, and apparently Manchester United only found out about this uh, when, they were, when they were boarding their flight uh, to, 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 to come back from, yeah, from London back to Manchester. I'm not sure that this is one of those situations where you can unilaterally terminate his contract. Based on that, um, again, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen this contract. No, I, was I, I would find this, I would find this pretty extraordinary if that was the case. Now, they can also terminate it in a different way. They can terminate it when they go to George Mendes and say, "George," and, and this is the reality. These are the options. They can go to George Mendes' agent and say, "George, he's not going to play at all between now and the end of the season. There's no, there's no way back for him. So, let's get together and let's rescind the contract." And then at that point, George might say, oh, well, but no, give me some money to do it, give him some money to do it, blah, blah, blah. That's an option too, right? Because between now and the end of the season, off the top of my head, I think United will likely owe him close to £20 million. Pounds. Yeah. So you pay him £3 million or whatever, or £5 million. You know, there's a number where you pay him and he just goes away, right? And then he's happy, Uncle George is happy or whatever. So that is the kind of agreed termination. Mm -hmm. But the unilateral termination, I'm not... I'm, I'm not sure that that's... Yeah, no, maybe, I mean, uh, maybe viable. both of them would say, you know what, Let's, there's, there's no point continuing here. So he just said, I'm going to walk away. You don't pay me anything. United said, perfect. We don't want you back here anywhere. And then that's it. And that's maybe what he wants too after that interview. What would, would he want after the interview? I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he wants. But let's, let's look at the options and what happens next. Let's go back to the interview a second, right? And it's my natural contrarian self. What did he say in the interview? That is, we all agree that it was inappropriate and it was unauthorized. Yeah. What did he say in the interview, in your mind, that isn't true? From what we've seen so far, the only issue I have with what he says is when he says they forced, they tried to force me to leave. Uh, in the summer. In the summer. They didn't, they didn't want me at the club, some people, last season and also this season. Which is true. I don't think they wanted him there. Okay. We've said it many times. But where I... 
I would have liked him to say is like, and I didn't want to be here either because we all know that yeah. he tried to leave. We so all know I, that George Mendes tried to find him another club. They didn't want to play in the Europa League. He wanted to play in the Champions League. That he is a hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. I, I agree with you, and that maybe is a sin of omission on his part. Right? Yeah, but be genuine then. Said, listen, they didn't want me there, but it's okay because I didn't want to be there. And we ended up, I ended up staying because I could not find another club. And now this is the situation. I feel betrayed. I feel blah, 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 blah. Fair enough. But don't forget to say to the whole world that you also didn't want to be there. This is what it boils down to, I think, very, very simply about why he's still at the club. And this is why I think there are multiple people who are responsible in this. By the way, not Ten Hag. Um, we've said from the start that when you appoint Ten Hag and you embark on a long-term rebuilding process, because that's what it is, right? Your 37-year-old striker on that kind of money is not going to be part of that rebuilding process, shouldn't be part of it in, in a perfect world. And it doesn't even suit, fit the it way Ten Hag plays. It doesn't fit in any it doesn't way. Work. It doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense whatsoever, right? But the man has a contract, right? Mm. So from that perspective, it was in Cristiano's interest to move, and it was in Manchester United's interest yeah. to move him on. Yeah. The fact that neither Cristiano nor Manchester United nor George Mendes were able to make that happen last summer, mm-hmm. that is a stain, I yeah. think, on all of them. Yeah. Because it's I a stain agree. on Manchester United too, because you know what? It make it made Eric Ten Hag's job more difficult. Of course. It but by made... the bullet, pay him off the last season of his contract and set him free and that's it. And, and and I don't think we can entirely let United off the hook on this one, on, no. on, on that part of it, right? They create a situation for himself. Now, obviously, when people say, oh, but there were no offers for him, they're being disingenuous. Um, <laughs> let's be very, very clear. There's no offers for Cristiano Ronaldo on the terms that he earned, and nobody was going to also pay a transfer fee to yeah, sign him. That's true. That's been reported by a billion people from Fabrizio Romano on down, and they're absolutely right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's no clubs who would take him yeah. if he was willing to pay, uh, take a pay cut and if, if there was no transfer fee. Ruben Amorim, the sporting manager, said I, when they played against Spurs the other day that they would love him back, but right. they just can't afford him right now. So at some point, you have to go back to the summer and say, United... Were you perhaps a little bit greedy? Oh, look, but he's still the third leading goal scorer in the Premier League last season. We can't let him go for free. He's an asset like worth this much on our books. We can't take a hit. Was this the thinking at United? Was this the thinking among some big decision makers at United? I don't know. Equally, George, Uncle George, are you looking out for your client? Are you looking out for this guy who's playing in his last World Cup, who has made you a very wealthy man over the years, and you know... That if he stays at United, he's going to deal with his zoo leading up to the World Cup, which is what he cares about, I think, more than anything, yeah, yeah. right? And Portugal. So. Um, did you help yourself there? Equally, Cristiano, you're not a child, right? You, you may not be in the ins and outs. You may be surrounded in this echo chamber of people where, like, you know, you go on Instagram in your underwear with your family and everybody thinks and you're flexing and people think it's cool and you think it's cool. And most people look at this and say, well, what the heck is this, right? Yeah. But surely you should be intelligent enough to understand that the reason you can't move is because the clubs that can't afford you, some of them don't want you because for personal reasons, others said, yeah, we'll take you, but we're not going to take you and pay you this much money. It's not that difficult to understand. And he's earned enough money in his career to just go, do you know I, what? It's on all of them. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be fair here. I, 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 yeah, I, I blasted Gareth Bale for years point. over this when he wouldn't move his, his rear side out of Real Madrid because yeah. he was happy collecting his money and not playing. And now it's the same thing with Cristiano. You but, can't have it both ways. 
but we've said it so many times and we warned them and I think not just us everybody that keeping Cristiano at the club at, in the, even before the season started we knew one he was not going to play much and I tell you what had Anthony Martial not been injured so much Cristiano would have played even less well, and this brings me to another point. About, but just to right. finish, we said it's going to be more trouble than anything else this season if he stays. He ended up staying. He scored three goals, I think, in all competitions. Like maybe two in the league and one in the Europa League or two in the Europa League, one in the league or four maybe or something like that, which is ridiculous. He was not happy because he was not playing enough. Ten Hag was like, I can't play. It just doesn't work. Everybody can see it. And, and that led to so many problems where this could have been so avoided so, had I, he left in the summer. I'm interested in finding why didn't it happen. Because we're all very good. We, we could all see it. Could United not see it? And I, I'm going to suggest that maybe the reason United couldn't see it is, is for, the following, for the following reasons. One is Eric Ten Hag didn't stand up for himself and say, I don't want Cristiano Ronaldo in my team out from I the start. I don't believe that a second. Now, well, what don't you believe? I think publicly he had to say it. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. But privately I, he said to the club, I, I I'm sure he said it, it privately. I don't blame Eric Ten Hag for not saying it publicly uh, as well. Um, and the reason I don't blame Eric Ten Hag for it is, you know, you're some bald dude from Ajax. You just landed at Old Trafford. You cannot, you don't have the political capital to say it. So I don't blame yeah. Eric Ten Hag in public for saying, oh, no, Cristiano's not a problem. He gets his goals. Oh, yeah, of course he fits. He'll score goals, whatever that, right? I, I don't blame Eric Ten Hag for this part at all. No, no, no. Um, so then you look at it. Who's in charge? Richard Arnold? He's just been appointed, right? He's just been appointed to the top seats. I don't think he had the cojones to come out and make a stand like this. Maybe he did privately. Maybe he spoke yeah, to, yeah. to the Glazers. Um, John Murtha and, and his friend Darren Fletcher. Again, these guys, nobody, they have no public profile whatsoever, yeah. right? They've been in the job for a year. They're not, this isn't Manchi we're talking about. They don't have the public capital or the guts to go out and rock the boat and say, no, look, guys, what are we doing here? This is stupid. It's bad for us and it's bad for him if he stays. Mm, yeah. So it was kind of like a perfect storm that, that led to this, that led to United. And I think this is a screw up from United in the summer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. All of this was so predictable. It was unreal. Maybe we didn't think that he would walk out on the team before the end of the Spurs game. Uh, yeah, I think it was the Spurs game. Maybe we didn't think that you know there would be all those problems, but it was still so predictable. I also want to say this, and I'm putting my Duncan Castles hat on. Last night, like last night, I was on the show, and obviously it was open season on Cristiano, whatever, right? But when I asked, what bad things has Cristiano done other than not playing well, which you know presumably is not by choice, what bad things has he done other than leaving early in the Spurs game, for which he gave that. It's not an apology. Let's, let's not no, joke. No. It's it not an apology. It says, all you know, it should have been no, an but, apology. But no, no, but I'm saying is, what disruption has he caused in the past four months um, at Manchester United in terms of bad behavior, in terms of lack of professionalism? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that might be a few things like he did last... Game. I think there's a few things that he maybe did uh, within the training ground like he did last season, but that's, that's Cristiano right. for you. Certainly nothing that's come out, right? No, nothing that's come out so far this year but I, I think you're right I think if we go back to your initial question about why he said that he's wrong in his interview from what we know from what we saw apart from that moment where he didn't admit that he wanted to leave himself the rest is right there's been very little evolution since Sir Alex left um, the respect for Ten Hag 
I think he means that he doesn't have a respect. He said he doesn't respect me, so I don't respect him. Right. I That's guess his view. Feels, you can't really yeah. argue with and it. And he right? feels that Ten Hag doesn't respect him because he doesn't play him, right? Or and he because to... he doesn't worship him and build a whole team around him. And he, he brings him on for five, ten minutes at the end, which yeah. you would think that Cristiano absolutely hates. I, I think most... Players don't like coming on in garbage time, right? Yeah, yeah I think especially that's, especially you know, go yeah. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. candidates towards the end of the career. But then again, we go back to the point where you are the wrong club, mate. Cristiano, yeah. you are the wrong club. If you think that you can play every single minute or start every single game in that team and do well, this is not happening because you you it doesn't work for you anymore. The the sympathy for his, his little girl. I, I mean, as a father, you and I, everybody. Yeah, you would not. If the, if that really what happens, I don't know. We don't know. But it's, it's also it's one of those things, right? He says they don't show enough empathy, right? You can't be wrong when you say that because empathy is something you feel. Yeah. So what could United have done more for him? Don't, I, don't I, don't I don't know. I'm pretty sure they them. tried to. Yeah, I'm sure they tried to be supportive of that. He yeah. didn't feel that support. Look, when you're dealing with that kind of situation. Nobody can tell you how you can how you should process or not process the feelings, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, no, no. That's how it felt. So it's that knowing Cristiano like we do, he still thinks that he can start for this team in the Premier League and score twenty goals a season, yeah, which is not true. But I'll tell you what, it Jules, is not true. I'll tell you what, Jules, Jules, Jules. Before you say that, right? You can say it's not true, but we've been enough around enough uh, top level world class athletes to know that ninety nine point nine percent of them believe in themselves and back themselves and that's because that's why they are yeah, where they are right? no, so I'm not going to blame him for thinking no, 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 no. that he can start and score 20 goals in the Premier League this season no but me neither but there's a point where you can look at yourself and your form and your team and the manager who's in charge and maybe you don't know Ralph Rangnick I get that I think he was a it was an easy tackle like the one on Wayne Rooney well yeah. I'm, I'm better looking than Wayne Rooney I'm not going to say it, but it's true, so I'm still saying it. I mean, come on, how old are you? Is this the, is this the school playground? Are we on primary school saying that you're that better looking ridiculous. than when Rooney? I mean, come on. <laughs> just, just that point in the interview, like, yeah, oh, okay. It, yeah. it, to, but, make it, to, to make it clear, Cristiano, you are better looking than Wayne Rooney. You had a better career than Wayne Rooney. You're taller than Wayne Rooney. You <laughs> scored I, more goals than Wayne Rooney. You scored more goals than Wayne Rooney. And you, you won more Champions League. Exactly. Okay. So let's get that out of the way. It doesn't mean Wayne Rooney's not entitled to his opinion. But Cristiano is an intelligent guy. As 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 egocentric as he is, like a lot of the goats, we said it. You can at, at time at some point you can just pose yourself. Say, okay, this is Ten Hag. I don't know him much, but I know what he's about. This is what he's about. I don't fit in here. Surely, surely, even the biggest of egos right. look into it and go like, okay. I'm sorry, but I go back to this. Is it Cristiano or is it the people who are paid handsomely oh, yeah. no, out of his wages to look after him? And I'm talking about George Mendes. I'm talking about Jesse Foot. Oh, we're the best organization in the world. We have millions well, maybe, of people working for us. Right? Still these are the people. Enough and big enough to sell out. That's like, fine. Okay. These, are, these are his advisors. And I think part of the problem is you're surrounded by people who keep telling you how wonderful everything is, how great it is. Again, I don't know. I wasn't privy to yeah, the conversations yeah. between no, George no, no, and Cristiano. But. If George didn't make this make this situation very clear to him, George let himself let himself down and let Cristiano down. Yeah. And by the way, uh, just a little side, not a good time for the George Mendes uh, empire between Cristiano and Mourinho yeah. and Wolves and Joao Felix, yeah. Bernardo Silva still at City. Yeah. All these things coming together, not a great time for him. Um, let's talk options. Let's talk about what can happen in in January. Now, I'm assuming that. Ronaldo lands this boil, got this out of his chest. He's going to go and he's probably already 100% in Portugal World yep. Cup mode. Definitely, yeah. And he's managed to compartmentalize it and he'll deal with what happens in January. Yep. And I'm assuming in the meantime, 
George and United are working the phones to yeah. try to find a landing 100%. spot for him. I don't know that much has changed vis-a-vis the summer in the sense that unless he takes a massive pay cut, there is nobody who will take him even as an, as an additional striker. Nobody... No champions in Calvary. Surely, surely that's going to happen, right? Surely this time he's going to say, listen, it's not about the money here. What offers do I have? I can play for minimum wages or like very low money. United, I think, will let him go on a free. You're wearing a Real Madrid shirt. If he gets on the phone with Carletto and says, Carletto, look, after the World Cup, Kareem's going to be tired. You've already had to deal with Mariano Diaz at center forward and Rodrigo and whatever. I promise I'll behave. You know I behave for you. Nah. Would you, no, just, if you were he needs to go somewhere you, where he's going to play, Gab. You can't you go could, somewhere. You don't think you would play Real Madrid? Wait, did Kareem Benzema play every game at Real Madrid? I don't think so. No, but like, yeah, but okay. I, I think he needs to go somewhere where he's going to be the star and the, the starting striker. He might not play every single minute of every single game, but he can't come in a, in a club to be the backup of someone or maybe even the backup of the backup. Oh, should we invent uh, Cristiano Ronaldo for Tammy Abraham swap? Oh, my word. Can you imagine? No, I mean, I, but this is the thing, right? But you know what I mean? Why, why would he go somewhere where he's the backup? He hasn't worked at United. It's not going to work out somewhere else if he just goes I, to Napoli and he's the backup I, of Ozymen and of Raspadori. That's not going to work. No, it's not. I'm going to go back to Real Madrid on this point, though, because this is one situation where you know there's somebody who can handle him. And I'm also going to go back to the fact that post-World Cup, Karim Benzema can't play every single game. And I'm going to go back to the fact that Real Madrid won a Champions League with Fede Valverde playing out on the other wing. Is there a way, is there a scenario where you say to Cristiano, you say, look, You'll play, play some games. The reality is, Valverde is great. Valverde will start every game. He might have to start some of these games in midfield because Luka Modric is nearing 40 and he's going to be coming from, back from a World Cup. Tony Kroos isn't getting any younger either. So I'm going to have to use Valverde in midfield in some of these games. Rodrigo's great, but he's a kid. We don't have depth. We have Asensio who's on his way out and whatever. If the number is right, if you were, if you were, if, if, if you were Florentino and Carreto comes to you and says, hey, Florentino, Let's roll the dice on this one. I can control them. It's six months, and then we see. Would you do it? I don't know. I think they had the chance to do it in the summer, and they didn't do it for a reason. So I think the reason we still be there in January for six months instead of 12 months in June or July or August. I, I think in the summer the reason they didn't do it was because it was going to cost them a ton of money and he probably wanted a multi-year deal. But now if we're talking six months and then, and then let's see what I happens. Don't think I, I do not. Okay, I think it's very wary. If we're talking top tier, do we agree that that is the only destination unless Todd Bowley says, oh, look, Tuchel's not here anymore. Yeah. Right? Hey, Graham, <laughs> what about Cristiano again? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, I, maybe sporting, maybe. No, 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 but if we're talking like, like the highest actually, Oh, highest, right? No sorry, disrespect highest, to sporting, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Would you, would, would you, I mean, now that Bowley know. brought MLS, in all these advisors. And, what does he, but what does he want, Gab? What does he want? Does he want to still enjoy the last few months? I'm not sure it would be enjoyable to go to Real Madrid and play, okay, being nice, 50% of the game between January and May. I don't know how enjoyable is it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know if it's enjoyable for him to go and play. That's right. If Valverde plays in midfield, and I think he will have to play a lot in midfield, you don't think he's ahead of every other striker uh, that every other forward Real Madrid has, except for Vinicius and, uh, and, and Benzema? 
No, no, no. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why, how he would play on the right wing. I don't know if you change your system and where you go. You can easily tweak your system. That's that, that's not know. so much of an I, issue. I just don't know. drops a little deeper. Whatever. There are there are ways to do it. That's not. How long does he have left in his in his career? Eighteen months. Who knows? So surely he would want to enjoy those last moments, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't think it'd be fun playing for Real Madrid, even if you don't, don't play know. every minute of every game? No? Okay. I, 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 no, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, because, maybe, because, maybe for him, right. because for him, fun is scoring loads of goals and winning, trof- and, well, winning trophies where he takes a big part in I it. think equally, though, fun for him trophies. is the big stage, right? Yeah, yeah, true. You know so what? you I'm don't think going because to MLS, for example, is a good idea in January? No, for I don't think That's so. not an option for him whatsoever. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think... I don't think that would be a good option for him. I think he would see that. Look, maybe it's different. Maybe if he wins the World Cup, he says, all right, I've done it. Boom, I'm done. Let's go to MLS, right? Mm. That, 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 and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful of MLS. No, but no, no, no. Most course, players, when not. they're at or near the top of the season, right? I, I don't know that MLS has ever in their history signed the guy who was the third leading uh, Premier League goal scorer two years earlier, right? It's no, just no, not, no, no, no. right? So unless it's something like that, I just genuinely don't see him. I see him still craving the big stage. Yeah, maybe. Craving backing himself to change the manager's mind, even maybe incorrectly. So, right? In that- and, and so, and then I would see Sporting as some kind of backup yeah. option because so- he knows that if he goes to Sporting, yeah, he's playing in his backyard and it's an emotional decision, but you have to be at peace with yourself if you make that step down. And again, yeah. no disrespect to, 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 no, to Sporting no, no, no. fans. In that case, I am with you, and I think there's only two options then. Real Madrid is one on a six-month deal, and then you see again in the summer, and then Sporting. Uh, there, there is no one else unless Mourinho and Roma say like, okay, yeah, we take him. Yeah, but then you don't have Champions League football, and no. you have a zoo, and yeah. you know. So, so yeah, that's it. I don't see anything else. Anybody else? All right. Um, a word on the game itself because I don't want to overshadow this but it, it was it is a big away win for Manchester United yeah, something, yeah, it's big. one that they needed I'm struck by this I'm struck by the fact that United that first of all this is not Ten Hag's United in the sense that it's not the IX Ten Hag United right it's not the United that takes that, that, that plays the way IX did and this to yeah. me tells me that he still has a long way to go. And I go back to this, and I mean, people laugh at me, you know, like, the reality is, it's really hard, you know, he had the full preseason, it's really difficult to change the way you play when you're playing, you know, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. It's extremely difficult. Yeah, it is. And, you know, this is Um, a squad that lacks some of, some, in some positions, the players that he would need too. So what we're seeing is, we're seeing counter-attacking United. And obviously there were players missing, Anthony, of course, Anthony's supposedly injured. It's funny how his injury coincided with him doing that spin and then he kind of disappeared. Yeah, but and I then don't know. he's going to go to the wall. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I, don't, I saw United play well in the first half. They could have scored more. Yeah. After the break, and I think Ten Hag came out and said it, oh, we lost control and that's why he yeah, made that. Yeah, it was far too that, 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 that defensive, it was a McTominay for, for Alanga, right? Yeah, you're sending on another, or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're sending on another de- defensive midfielder. Yeah. To me, that's super negative. And full and equalize. Would we be, if the Ronaldo stuff hadn't broken and Garnacho hadn't come on to score that goal in, with literally like the, the last kick of the game, yeah. would we be criticizing yeah, Ten Hag so. right now? I think so. We, I mean, we would certainly be highlighting the positives, and there were positives in that first half. But I think Martial, again, I'm, like, I'm completely biased here, but can bring a lot to that team uh, and should have scored. 
But the second half was a was a horror show until until the the Ganache goal really. Why? Why does that happen? Too open, I think. Too hectic. I don't know if he come. But it can't, why? It can't no, come the, from Ten Hag. These though. aren't bad players, and I'm sure Ten Hag didn't say. No, hey, but guys, I think be open and hectic. And, they look and play tired. Badly. And I think when they look tired, when you don't, you lose control of games sometimes because you physically cannot be on top of the other teams, which which leads you to to losing the ball, bad passes, bad positioning, the press is not working as well. And then I think you lose control like that. And I think Fulham are a good team; they've got really good players that can that can. And they hit were you. without Mitrovic. And they were. I, I, sure, I like. I mean, okay, they played with ten because Vinicius. I mean, like, come on. Seriously, you put Mitrovic for Vinicius. Maybe we're having a yeah, different yeah, conversation. Yeah, still. Right now. But I think they showed guts to win it and character. And I think Ganacho could be something quite very interesting in the future. All right, final question. Are you on the Polina bandwagon? Oh, I love him. It's funny because I wouldn't I think he'd be the kind of player you would love because no, it's kind of like Matic <laughs> yeah. with wheels, right? And but younger, yeah. And younger, yeah. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, enough, Cristiano. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. Manchester City lose at home to Brentford. 2-1 as Ivan right. Tony bags two goals. Jules, forget the last-ditch winner. Yep. This was not a good performance from Pep Guardiola's crew. No, it's all, Gab, really. I mean, they struggled. They struggled against the, the long balls from Brentford, which not enabled them to press high and recover the ball high and then put them under pressure that way. Uh, they struggled with Ivan Tony full stop in, in everything that he did, the counter-attacking, the running. I think Brentford did a really good job on Kevin De Bruyne too and on Erling Haaland, which obviously comes down from the good job on, on De Bruyne. Haaland, who has the lowest, had the lowest XG of his, of his season so far for, for a game. Um, so, yeah, not good. At least get a point. Don't lose the game at home. Is it, okay. It, 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 what struck me about this, especially here, though, like, I think Brentford had 25% possession. They had a game plan that you can say is rudimentary. Very much It's so. anything but rudimentary, I think, because it's not just about, you know, having three defensive midfielders and lumping the ball and winning the second balls. There's no. a lot of athleticism to it. Yeah. But also there's a lot of positioning to it. There's a lot of coordinated movements so that you don't get caught out and they're not just pinging passes past you no they, um, they, they, so i think it's a real credit to, to thomas frank oh massively yeah, yeah i am a bit surprised though how limp the city looked because ultimately when you have better players you beat a man you create space you shoot on goal you yeah. shoot on goal and, and certainly after the foden goal just before the breakout 1-1 you thought okay that second half they're going to destroy them and they didn't at all you didn't see much more in the second half than you saw in the first half in in the meantime arsenal beat wolverhampton wanderers as julian lopetegui looks on from the stands gab and martin odegaard scores twice then a five points clear at the top of the Premier League. You believe it now? I'm not going ah, to come out. I'm going to be still, still favourites because like, there's issues of depth in this team and because, you know, they still have the two head-to-heads against Manchester City. Of course. City wiped the floor with them in both. City are top, right? However, I'll give you a reason. I'll give you what is not a reason. And I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, they don't have a 20-goal-a-season uh, striker, right? Gabriel Jesus has stopped scoring. He's only five goals this season. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's nonsense because I actually looked in the last 10 years. Do you know how many teams won the Premier League? Despite not having a 20 goal a season striker. Well, you say that, but yeah, but City shares so many goals. That's right. why. Three. Three. Three but yeah. Well, you know what? Arsenal shares so many goals. Arsenal have scored no, the true, second most true, goals true. in the Premier League. Now, is it a concern that Gabriel Jesus uh, underperforms his XG and whatever? I mean, it's not great. I mean, you know, I had my doubts about Jesus because of well, the, the transfer and because of the type of player he yeah, is. Yeah. But this goals argument is nonsense. As long as the team is scoring goals, exactly. you don't get extra points for the center, uh, center forward scoring. Copa del Rey in Spain and Barcelona didn't play, so it's Joan Laporta making headlines. Yes. Jules, he said the door is always open for Lionel Messi to return. What's he going to say? <laughs> and at the Super League, we'll give Barca a billion euros billion. for being a founding member. I don't think a billion is enough, Johan. I have to be honest here. I really expected you to do more than a billion. I was expecting like five, 10 billions maybe to, take, uh, to, to just be a founder of the Super League. You know what's know. so stupid? Can I be a founder and get a billion too? <laughs> Jules, you know what's so stupid about this? was so stupid. The Super League with this company, A22, they're going on this charm offensive yeah. to say, oh, no, look, it's not just about money. Yeah, we want to be inclusive. We want to have a dialogue friendly, or whatever. This is what they're trying to do. And, and then you have this guy coming in and says, like, ha, ha, screw everybody. We're going to get a billion dollars. He sounds like like freaking Dr. Evil or stuff when he says this. Why do you say such silly things? Oh, my words. Napoli continue to roll as they beat Udinese 3-2 in Serie A. Gavis 11 wins in a row in the league and very much top of the table. Yes, and of course, Victor Seaman scoring again. Um, by the way, don't let the scoreline uh, mislead you somehow. No? Napoli went 3-0 up. They were dominating. Then Udinese scored twice, one of them a mistake by Kim. And all of a sudden, Napoli like, uh-oh, we don't uh -oh. want to screw this. And then see from that, moment, bench, it was from like, that oh, moment onwards, God. I don't think Udinese had a shot on goal, right? So, uh, no, they're still very much in, in the driver's seat. Yep. And it's an eight-point lead. Wow. Very impressive. Joe Willock's goal propels Newcastle United past Chelsea, which means they'll be third at Christmas. Meanwhile, Graham Potter has taken two of a possible 15 points in the league going back to mid-October. Jules? Yeah, it's bad. Things are bad at Chelsea. Let's be honest here. For There's explanations to it, to it, and we've said that before. We're not going to repeat, but the imbalance in the squad, the recruitment in the summer, the change of manager, the timing, all of that. However, this is really bad. Yeah, they and don't play well, they don't all, win. All, all those people who were like, oh, but he's undefeated. Look, he's undefeated. Yeah, we said uh, excuse me, uh, look at who he's been playing the, yeah. in that undefeated stint. Look at the performances. Look at who they played against. Please. And now is it what, four defeats in five in all competitions, something like that. It's crazy. It's really bad. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of players going away. But well. some love for Newcastle. And love for Newcastle. Great. I mean, the performance in itself is everything you expected from there. The energy, the intensity, um, the goal is a bit lucky because Almiron doesn't want to set the ball up for Willock, of course, <laughs> but it's still a good goal. Uh, and they deserve that win. They deserve their third place. They've been the third best team in the country yeah. this season so far behind City and Arsenal. Juve beat Lazio 3-0 to make his six Serie A wins in a row and six clean sheets as well in a row, Gab. They're up to third now. So what, have, have we been wrong all the way with Max Allegri? Uh, no, 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 no. We haven't. Um, let me remind you that these results are coming around. A couple things here. So they played really well against Lazio. Yeah. Fully deserved to win. I mean, this is Lazio missing two of their front three in, in Zakai and Immobile, but still. And making mistakes. Um, and Lazio making mistakes and whatever, right? Uh, equally, those six wins, um, they included 
ones like the one against Verona where they were terrible and were very yeah. lucky to win. Uh, they lost the XG battle there. They lost the XG battle against Inter when they could have been two or three nil, three goals down at halftime. So yeah, performances matter. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, they do. performances they do. matter. They do. As for as for Allegri, oh, and by the way, people are like, oh, they have the best defense in Serie A. Look, it's going to be the Brazil defense, Danilo, Bremer, Sandro. Uh, guys, um, I refer you to XG again. I, I think they're, they're, I think the XG is like, the conceded is like twice the number of goals they've actually conceded. That's not sustainable. No. So there's areas for improvement in every part of the team. We weren't wrong about Allegri because his hand's been forced. He's, not, he's been forced to play Fajoli. He's been forced <laughs> to play Moise Ken. And the other thing is, more worryingly, remember the whole plan when Allegri said about what his front six was going to be? That entire front six, apart from Adrian Rabio, who I believe you'll be visiting shortly, yeah. um, all these other guys... In this six-game stint, Vlaovic hasn't started the first two of those games. Di Maria hasn't played. Nope. Uh, sorry, Di Maria hasn't started. Chiesa hasn't started. Pogba's obviously been out. And Paredes hasn't started. So, no, it wasn't the plan you had in the summer. So we weren't wrong about him. It's just that, you know, when he works with what he has and coaches them, yeah. they, do, they do better. And this was an impressive thing. But they have to get a lot better yeah, if they want to get where they, where they want to go. stay where they are as well now. Mr. Lake goes, Rodrigo Bentancourt hits twice to put uh, Tottenham, push Tottenham to a come-from-behind win over Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. Jules, funny enough, Spurs are better going <laughs> forward when Richarlison and Kulusevski start. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah, Bentancourt, well done again. Like he did at Bournemouth, scoring late to win it. I mean, the Kulusevski, it's a good goal from Bentancourt and he's at the right place at the right time, but Kulusevski does all the work, all the difference, what player is and how much they've missed him and... They, they did really well without him to be where they are now in fourth place. But it would have been much better with Kulusevski, of course, even more than Richarlison. You take the win and maybe you worry later about again going, in behind, going behind again, to, I think twice in a game. And for Jesse March, you, you're gutted because you were so close. Yeah. But you have, there's a point, Jesse, where you need to control games. Stop just thinking about attacking all the time because... Obviously, he leaves you exposed. Uh, how cute was Hong Min Son with his little oh, sweater and his little glasses? Yeah, the Burberry. Oh, no. then, don't touch my face. Everybody, don't, please, don't touch my face. <laughs> Sticking with that game, Gav, did you understand why VAR did not strike off Harry Kane's goal, considering Clément Langley ran into Ilan Melier, or it's just he, French love and you just like, don't look at it? He, he didn't just run into him. He absolutely pancaked him. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, this isn't like, strange. oh, English football is physical, blah, blah. Even freaking Alan Shear, you know, who knows a thing or two about being yeah. said like that is a foul hundred you know hundred percent of the time. I don't know what VAR saw, I don't know why they don't interfere, enough with the stupid clear and obvious thing. Yeah. Just do your job. It takes you three seconds to have the referee look at it. And then if the referee then says, Oh no, no, I saw it clearly, it's entirely fine to do that, then you know, expect to see Dan Byrne going and stomping on keepers, you know. <laughs> Paris Saint Germain beat up Auxerre five nil and Woo! the MM put on a show. Jules I'm going to give them some credit because I think, and God takes some credit, because in years past, the last game before World Cup, yeah. I'm imagining Neymar gets the sniffles, yes. Messi gets imaginary diarrhea, but no, they were there, they had fun, they enjoyed it. Yeah. They played really well as well. I mean, it helped that he was against Auxerre, who in the whole 90 minutes, I mean, it was 95 in the end, I think, or something. I mean, committed seven fouls. It was clearly like, oh, we're in your, we're in your garden here, Pied de France. Yeah, we let you play, okay? We let you play. You don't want to ruin the spectacle of the world. Huh? You don't want to be the Grinch who injures Neymar. I was like, it was so uncommitted from Auxerre. But anyway, they had fun. Kylian scored, of course. Mbappé and um, Neymar and Messi had really good games, even if they didn't score. Young TK scored his first goal, finally. So everybody was happy in Paris. And then 12 players from that PSG squad 
obviously went off uh, or are about to go off to Qatar. So at least no injuries yeah. apart from President Kimpembe, who came back in that game, but he's not fit enough. So he's withdrawn from the front squad. Fedek, if you get goal celebration where they're all around him and he looks like, you remember reminding so that, me? Remind me of a gang initiation. That's it, that's you know? it, exactly. Oh, really? Initiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they've warned him before. So, wow. they, yeah, that's... That's hey, yeah, yeah, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> Bayern beat Schalke 2 0 on the road, and Eric Maxim Chupamuting scores again. Gab, were you surprised they stopped at 2 though? I mean, it was 2 0 at halftime, by the way. I mean, I think they just managed this game. Schalke were terrible. I think yeah. once again, we obviously shout out to uh, Chupamuting. Once again, Jamal Musiala, oh, what a player. At some point, somebody needs to tell the story properly of how it's possible that this guy plays for England at youth level and then opts to play for Germany, spends eight years at Chelsea and then can move to... I mean, I, I know. I he know. is one that got away. Maybe like, maybe it's what he wanted all along. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't yeah, think well, maybe, so because he like... played for Germany at youth level then chose England and then went back. Yeah. I, I think there should be mini inquests here if he, if he, if he <laughs> yeah, becomes as great be. as we think he is. Yeah. Darwin Nunez seals a show as Liverpool beat Southampton 3-1. Jules, are we seeing the Liverpool of old on their way back? It's much better. It's much better for sure. I mean, it was Southampton, let's be honest here. New manager and everything. New manager, but no bounds. I mean, they, they, they were just not good enough on the day. Too lightweight, maybe too naive as well. But Darwin, who I think has a goal scored, a goal, he's involved in a goal every 88 minutes or 90 minutes, which is pretty impressive for someone who some people called a flop not that long ago. We knew that he would come good. We knew that. Playing like that with Firmino and Salah up front and him slightly on the left-hand side but with the freedom of coming inside would be really good for him because despite being big and strong, he's still quick and can Very easily play athletic. wide. So this is good. I think they, they are fine, their mojo now and it makes the second half of the season, if they're all fit when they come back from the World Cup, really interesting, I, I think. I, I don't think this was Liverpool of old, but it was obviously functional. But it might never Liverpool. be again, to be fair. It may never be again, you're right. So... Staying with Liverpool, Gab, the Mail on Sunday reports that FSG already have a buyer and that they've been negotiating secretly for the past few weeks. Yes, a mystery buyer uh, who apparently is offering less. Is is it you? Sorry? Is it you? It is not me. I'm sorry to report. Um, Apparently, they're putting out that Liverpool want $4 billion. hoping to get $3 billion because Mystery Buyer has offered substantially less than $3 billion. Okay. Hence why they're hoping to rope other people. And, like, it's entirely plausible. We don't know how far along it is, but I go back to what I said all along. Like, it makes no sense for anybody, for, for, for them to sell the club until we get the Super League verdict. Yeah. This was way back on Friday, but Borussia Dortmund lost the battle of the Borussias against Gladbach, and this was followed by club CEO Hans-Jochen Watzke confirming that they will hold talks with Jude Bellingham, but, quote, can't afford to fight, unquote, to keep him. So you will hold, you will hold talks. To say what exactly? Because, I mean, I think you're very happy to cash in on him now, even if you probably would want to keep him because he's so good, so amazing for you. But you know he wants to leave. You know it's the right time for him to leave. So, because they're like, okay, when, when, are you, when is your house free? Because we, we might rent it out for another player that's coming after you. Or like... That, the talks, it's a waste of but time. It's a complete it, waste of time. Does it dispre- depress you, this dysfunction of modern football, that Borussia Dortmund, the club with the second or third highest attendance in all of Europe, if not mm-hmm. the highest, yeah. the second biggest club from the richest country in Europe, is basically just a feeder club now? 
I don't think it's a feed. Well, I don't know if feeder club is the right word. No, it is. They, 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 anybody but he's not they staying produce, because it's, it, it's not just staying because they can't afford the same. They can't pay the same wages as City or Liverpool or United will. He's also leaving because there's nothing there for him to win. Precisely, they're a feeder club. Yeah, Edin Dzeko shines at Inter. Gets three big points away at Atalanta with a three-two win. Gun. Yeah, Edin Dzeko's been, been absolutely phenomenal. This was a tricky game for Inter. I thought Inter were actually quite poor in the first half. Atalanta, yeah. We saw the Atalanta of old going out, man for man all over the pitch, creating problems, Lookman again, uh, giving him the lead. And then Dzeko and Lautaro, to be fair. Uh, well, Dzeko actually equalized in the first half, but yeah. then Inter took over the game um, after the break. He's a model pro, and look, he's got three things going for him that others don't have. One is uh, he's big and he's very, very fit. Two is he's a tremendous passer of the ball with yeah. tremendous individual technique. And three, he's unselfish and intelligent. He's intelligent, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jules, you were incredibly mean about Igor Tudor, that suggesting that? that he should be sacked after the uh, Spurs game. That was terrible. But Marseille win again, beating Monaco away with a la- dramatic last-ditch oh, winner yeah, yeah. from Seat Kolasinac in, what, minute 98? Wow, great game, Gab. We said how bad the, um, the Olympico the week before against Lyon was, but this was great. It was great. Loads of goals. You know what? It's because Lyon make the game bad. Yeah, Larry true, White exactly. makes the game bad. Yeah. And Marseille were really good in the first half. Monaco were really good in the second half and they were 2-1 up when uh, Zac Efron scored the second goal of Kevin Forland, I mean. Uh, but no one has never seen them in the same room at the same time. And then, and then, drama happened uh, because Marseille scored 2-2, very 2 and then, like you said, it's never a foul, it's a wide free kick. Dimitri Payet, who came on for Amin Harid, by the way. He's going to be out. Yeah, he's going to be out. Bad injury, so a lot of thought for Amin and his family uh, missing the World Cup, the Moroccan International, which is terrible for him. And then Colasina scoring that winner and then going and celebrating in front of the, what, 10,000 Marseille fans or whatever they were there in Monaco. Incredible. Axel Disassi, who just replaced President Kimpembe, by the way, and will be going to the World Cup. The Monaco defender, really angry at the referee at the end saying you know the referee was for Marseille this is unfair he gave them everything that's never a foul on the goal that we conceded the, the third goal so I think the, the league might look into that uh, but this is very frustrated like the whole Monaco van and for Marseille they were over the moon as you would expect 10,000 Marseille fans yeah maybe a little bit less that, that's what that's, that, that's like what 80% of the stadium uh, yeah, no, yeah, not 80, because no, I, I think it's an 80, it 18, like, 18, yeah. yeah, it was just, they were everywhere. <laughs> Milan beat Fiorentina to stay second, but Gab, this was laboured and controversial with yet another injury time winner. Yeah, Milan were poor. So bad. Milan were really bad, especially in the first half, Tomori having to save off the line. Everything is so laboured, yeah, they look so tired. That, that intensity that they had in the past, like, I, it's just not there this season. And, you know, on top of that, all these late goals that they get, people say, oh, look, because, you know, we've got green team spirit and we believe. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it's because you were rubbish for the previous 89 minutes. Fiorentina angry with some of the officiating. The goal itself. The second goal, yeah. Total bizarro goal. <laughs> where, um, essentially, the, um, 
I think it was Vranks sends the ball in. Uh, it's it's a cross into the box. Uh, Rebic goes up to head it. The goalkeeper Terracciano comes out and essentially collides with him. Yeah, yeah, and misses the ball. Misses it entirely, and they're saying, "Oh, it was a Rebic. It's not a foul from Rebic." So let's be clear on this. But but yeah, not a good way to win. But yeah. the upshot is, at least they're still second, and yeah. now you can rest up. Maybe get some of your injured players back because they've had a lot of yeah, injuries. Leipzig's Marco Rosa therapy continues to yield results. Six wins in a row after a two-one victory over Werder Bremen. Jules, yeah, that was good. Although again, they had to work hard for it uh, away in Bremen, but they did it. Uh, Schlager with the goal when it was one-one, the winning goal in the second half. I think they still played well uh, and again I think the, the break in a way comes at the wrong time because they've got so much momentum but a good time because they will get some rest it will work them out let's not forget that in the Bundesliga you've got another month after the World Cup by the way not like every other league that starts straight <laughs> away so I think that would be good for them to prepare the City game of course in the, Europe, in the Champions League but also to keep their you know their their um, they're sending form in the league, really. They're six points behind Bayern. I, don't, I think this is too much, but we never know. Maybe finishing six second. Six points, not a lot. No, There's that's more than true. Half the season to go. That's true. Crazy finish to the Roma. Oh, totally. By the way, I believe the first game back is actually Leipzig playing Bayern. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that might be January 20th or something like that. That would be cool. Crazy finish to the Roma-Torino game. Gab, crazier still what's happening with Kirik Karsdrop. Remember, we told you in the last show. So I'm going to start with the end of this game. Uh, Roma wow. were, were, were really poor. That's so bad. Jose Mourinho getting sent off for abusing a referee. And again? After, uh, again and afterwards saying, oh, yeah, no, no, no. He was right to send me off because I shouldn't, you know, because I said some terrible things to him. Okay, maybe don't get sent off. Okay, yeah, don't know, how about that? But at least points for, 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 for accepting that. Paulo Dybala finally makes his return just in time to go to the World Cup. Yeah, um, he comes on. It's like injury time. He, he wins a penalty. Um, and, I mean, th- th- this is pretty wild, I thought. So he wins the penalty, but then he somehow either injures himself, getting fouled. He doesn't want to take the penalty, no. is the longest Pellegrini's on the bench, by the way. Pellegrini's on the bench. Uh, so Belotti goes up. Belotti, of course, a former long-time Torino player, yeah. goes up to take the penalty. Which You could already, tell he was not comfortable with it, I thought. Already I thought it was weird. I'm like, Paolo, like, you're, it's not like you're injured again. Like, just take a minute and take the penalty. Yeah. But whatever. Belotti takes it. He whacks the ball against the post. Yeah. Comes back in play. Dybala, who suddenly is not injured, yeah. picks it up, sends it slamming against was it the, the, the crossbar, yeah. I think. Ball comes out. Of all people, Nemanja Matic, like 40 yards out, just absolutely loves it. First-time volley, big boot. I don't know if he scored better goals. He may have. It's a bit deflect- There's a slight so. deflection. Slight, well, whatever. Yeah. But, and, so, and they get this, this crazy equalizer. Um, that was wild enough, but the Rick Karsdorp story has really taken a very, very ugly turn. Um, you'll remember that a week ago, you know, Mourinho came out and, uh, or maybe it wasn't a week ago, it was on Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, Thursday it was night. after the midweek game. And talked about, he said, like, you know, there's one player who has let us all down, one player I've told him to go get another club, blah, 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 let his teammates down, let the city down, you know, just... He didn't name the player, but we all knew. Everybody knew, and, and the club kind of convinced it. And that player, of course, Rick Karsdorp. Uh, turns out, Rick Karsdorp has left Rome early. He's gone to, to join. He's gone back to Holland. Mm. Unsurprisingly, there's enough weirdos and psychos in Rome, as in any town, yeah. that you know he just 
can't be there. Um, Mourinho said, oh, I don't have to explain to you why I took the decision, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You kind of do. Dangerous. Because if you call him out in public yeah. before, which is what you did, if you call him out in public, you have to explain your decision. Otherwise, do what most managers did. Do what you did throughout your entire career and deal with it privately mm. if he's upset you so much. Carter was so sweet. I don't know if you saw his Instagram. Yeah, he, you know, it. tweeting out like a, a, a sort of a was it like like, like a, a broken heart mm. and like a little crying emoji. And it's weird too because Karsdorp is a guy who had been regenerated by Mourinho. Yeah, he played really well in the good. Conference League last year. Obviously, he's had some terrible games. Yeah. It's so weird to me what's happening with this yeah. one. Uh, Leon and Nice share the spoils, Jules, but not great from Larry White. No, Larry White struggling. Laurent Blanc at Lyon since arriving. There's, there's been a win there and there, but overall, it's just not good enough with the ball during the game. This was a home game against Nice. Nice went 1-0 up and they were the better side, really. There was just nothing. And Lyon were lucky in the end that they got a penalty. Like I said, won it. Like I said, scored it. Iconic celebration, maybe. And you know how much I love Laka, but this is just terrible. And Can Blanc can keep saying, oh, they're not fair, the other Dutch guy did a bad job, blah, 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 blaming his predecessor. <laughs> okay, I get it, but you've but been surely, here long enough now for us to see at least a little bit better, but that was terrible. Surely it's Peter Boss's fault, though. Right? Yeah, of course. It always, okay. is. Right. Yeah, it's always is. Gab, can we officially declare the Union Berlin story over? Freiburg destroy them 4-1 as your boy Vincenzo Grifo. Gets a hat trick in the first like 20 minutes or 15 minutes. Couple penalties in there, but obviously yeah, but I'm, I'm happy for yeah. Grifo, who will be watching the World Cup on television. Yeah. Um, look, Union Berlin were terrible. They also, they also missed a penalty. I'm sorry, but if your game is predicated on having no possession, boot, <laughs> booting the ball, set pieces, at some point you're going to rest of the mean, and yeah, that's what we're yeah. seeing. It's not like, I, I, you know, I know the whole Christian strike, yeah, Cultura, Christian strike. You know, they're not good either, right? Um, <laughs> and I know it's impressive, high, little engine they could. They're good. No, but the story in the Bundesliga, I'm sorry. No, I know. Is, the, the story in the Bundesliga is the fact that these other teams were supposed to be good, like Bayer Leverkusen, well, forget yeah, about yeah. them, um, Borussia Dortmund and, uh, and, and, Le- and Leipzig. Yeah, Leipzig yeah. Nobody's been consistent, yeah. right? So yeah. you know, that's why the Freiburg second. and Union Berlin were up there. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's five wins in a row for Lens, who beat Clermont foot 2-1. Jules... They're second. They have a lot of points. Should we be yeah. celebrating them more than we do? Yeah, 100% lost. One of the stories of the season so far, without a doubt, in the whole of Europe, Gab. Incredible, considering their budget, considering the club that they are, what they represent for the, for the community, for their fans. Incredible fans. Some of the best in Europe, again. Why and is their budget so small? They have a nice stadium. They have a lot of fans. They have it's just, it's just not much. Wealthy owner. No. They don't play in Europe. They haven't played in Europe for since the last time they were champions in 1907. It's fine. I don't expect them to be Manchester United. No, no, but, but you mean, get money. You know, the TV rights in France are good and the new CVC deal, I think, will bring them more money. But it's still a club that has any as a as a as a it's just owner, funny because you keep a, going on about Lons, but Rennes are third in the table, right? And they don't get any love from you. Well, no, but they do sometimes. They do sometimes. <laughs> I'm a bit biased are, with Lons because... Are Lons, uh, Lons are a bigger club historically than Ren, yes? Yeah, they are in terms okay, of following you. and stuff thank like you. that. And their owner is my friend, so obviously, uh, you know... Yeah, I see. I wish, I wish the Ren owner was my friend too and we could get a lot of discount <laughs> on, uh, you know, a big fashion uh, clothing range. But it's Lons are amazing. Ren have been amazing. Both of them have never had so many points 
at this stage of the season before is the, 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 the best ever start. So they need to be, they deserve to be celebrated, Gav, you're right. After Fulham, there's plenty of controversy of another Premier League club sponsor. Oh, it's Manchester City and their sponsor 8x Bets. Is it such eight a times bet? I don't know. I, even I, I don't know. I don't know. So this is a story that was originally originally broken by uh, the Norwegian mag- investigative uh, magazine uh, Josimar, and then it was taken on further by uh, Nick Harris in, yeah. in, in in the Mail on Sunday. Um, it's weird. So this company 8x Bet. We don't know the size of their sponsorship of Manchester City, but obviously they are city it sponsors. It's pretty good, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're... Because they're, they're everywhere. Hey, you can yeah, it they. turns up. So according to the story, they've just investigated. It turns out that, like, they have Ted, they had Teddy Sheringham as, as a testimonial, supposedly. But then, like, he filmed some sort of promotional video with somebody who doesn't is a lingerie model and doesn't actually work to the company, but she was all dressed up as if she was some sort of company executive. Um... There's a marketing company in Dubai, which supposedly runs them, which, again, I thought was kind of odd in the sense that I don't think betting is particularly popular in the Emirates for obvious reasons. Um, The whole thing just seems kind of... Kind of murky when you have these brands that you've never heard of chucking big money. They don't really seem to have a big operation either. Um, This happened last year with Manchester City, where they kind of got duped into a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. You would imagine that they would... If they are being duped here, that you know that they would take their time to go and um, and investigate yeah, who is definitely. giving them money and ask themselves, do I want to be associated no. with this brand or not? And it may be entirely above board, but it's certainly odd. And by the way, just by the by, we've known this, but Manchester City confirming in their accounts apparently for the first time that they are still being investigated um, by the Premier League oh, over. Yeah. Uh, financial fair play or the equivalent of financial fair play regulations stemming from uh, the revelations in, in their Spiegel. This is what got them the two-year ban, which was yeah. later overturned um, by CAS. But it's interesting because it's the first time that they've acknowledged it. I'm wondering if we're moving towards a resolution in that case one way or the other. Mm. Jules, we went to see Vincent Company we did. last week. Um, we'll be doing a Gab and Jules meets with him soon, but... I think we were good luck charms. We were because they had the derby against Blackburn on Sunday afternoon. It was first against second as well in the championship for the, the listeners who don't really follow it. And they were amazing. I mean, I just I watched it just because of Vincent and just because like I wanted to see all the things that he told us. And you, you would be able to hear it in the Gabon June meet soon with him, which was fascinating. And they were so impressive. And really Blackburn are good. I mean, Blackburn are like, a, they, they play quite more. Old school than Burnley. Uh, you know, that's the first time you've actually mentioned Burnley in your answer. For those of us who didn't know that Vincent Company, he is the Burnley oh, manager. Oh, yes, he's the Burnley the manager. The Sorry, not the Blackburn <laughs> manager. And they were great. I think Blackburn had just one shot the whole game. They had 60% of the ball. They created something. They could have won by more. So well done, Vinny. Uh, I know you'll be listening. And they continue to be, so they will be top at Christmas, of course. They continue their really, really good season under him. So well done. Really well done. Back to the Inter game, uh, Gab, because Palomino started after four months out. Where was he all that time? Yeah, so Palomino, the, the Atalanta defender, I, this is a tale that I think should get a little more attention because um, he, was, he was provisionally suspended for, mm-hmm. uh, for taking performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, now, he had a defense for it. He said that, they were, that it was entirely accidental. It was a mislabeled um, box. He had everything. And, you know, he was offered a plea deal. So he's like, oh, we'll only ban you for six months or a year if you admit guilt. And he said, no, I'm not admitting guilt. I'll fight this till the very end. Yeah. And he did. 
and eventually said we were completely wrong on this. That's crazy, we, isn't it? We, we got this totally wrong, and to credit him, they came back. Look, I don't think anybody wants to see doping in sport, no. but it's that's why it's so crucial that when there are these investigations, the authorities do everything right and by the book. Yeah. No room for Sergio Ramos or Thiago Alcantara in the Spain squad. Jules, are you okay with that? Um, not so much. I mean, I love Luis Enrique, like you, Gabby. We're big fans, of course. Uh, I found the Thiago Alcantara omission strange, and it's not it's not it's not a surprise either because he was not no. part of. Uh, the last few squads. I just think a player like that in a team as young as the, the Spain team and is is an added value. Unless you think that if you don't start him, then that could create problems. And I I would think that there's maybe the, the reason why he's not there. I don't know. And for Sergio Ramos, back to a really good level. But back to a good <laughs> level. Let's put it that way. At his age, he really wanted a fifth World Cup. Take part in a fifth World Cup. I think this one was a longer shot because you, you have better defenders than him in your team right now. You don't have many very good... There's not a lot of depth at centre-back for Spain. I think that's why he was hoping to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And considering the season he's, been, he's done so far, playing regularly with PSG, hardly not missing anything and being good, maybe he thought was enough. I don't know, maybe uh, it's what... Would you take those guys to leave them on the bench, potentially the whole World Cup? I think that's part of Luis Enrique's thinking, is these guys may be better than some of the players I have, but I don't want to have the veteran on the bench. Ashraf Hakimi, of course, disagrees, because, of course, he's, yeah. he argued that Sergio Ramos should be going. Should have been, yeah, yeah, of course. Real Madrid also had the weekend off, uh, but Gab, shall we celebrate Antonio Rudiger? Uh, I think so, because he came out and he said, you know, when players go to the World Cup, they earn... They're still paid by their clubs, obviously, but they also get a share of prize money. Um, they get an automatic amount for every day they're there, and then they get prize money depending on how far they go. And he said, I'm going to take my prize money, and I'm going to use it to pay for uh, children who need operations in, in Sierra Leone. Um, I think it's a really nice gesture. Yeah. You know, I often wonder, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of athletes who go and... and and do important philanthropic things. And, you know, we, we saw you know, Juan Mata had the, the thing where they were pledging, was it 1% of their yeah, salary yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I thought this is a nice gesture. I'd love it yeah. if others took the lead from him and There's said... There's a lot of players who, who's, who gives their bonus from the national team to charity automatically all the time. So I think he... Okay, so we should celebrate Rudiger. No, 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 we should. We should because it's great. But I think the more we can <laughs> highlight, the more of them doing it. But Absolutely. For example, yeah, the, I know the French one, none of them actually keep their bonus from the national team for them. They give them all the charity. Louis van Gaal announces his Dutch squad for the World Cup and said he plans on winning it. Jules, I know you're a fan of this other Dutch guy. <laughs> I mean, I think Holland, as you like to call them, and not the Netherlands, will, will be a show at this World Cup. I mean, I think the way they play uh, and everything that is going to happen within the national team, with the media, with van Gaal, this goalkeeper situation cracks me up because he's tried literally a hundred of them. He left Silesen and, and uh, Flecken at home, for example, which I think took a lot of people by surprise in, in the Netherlands. He's saying that they're going to win it. He said that like, you're speaking to the, to, the, to the World Cup champions because we're going to win it. I'm just, he's just so right. arrogant and so everything. To, I just love it. To quote Kid Rock, he didn't bragging if you say it, then you back it up. Exactly. You so know. let's see if they actually do it uh, on December 18th. But yeah, I think, I think we should follow them closely because it could be fun. 
this goalkeeper thing is weird because as you said we were talking about this before, right? So he leaves out Flecken, who I think is probably having the best season out yeah, of all of them. You would think so. Um, as well as Jasper Sillison, who I don't think is particularly good. No, 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 but but he's taking he's taking the guy from Feyenoord, who I think is only in his second season as a, stru- as yeah. a starter. Um, he's taking. Remco Pasvir is the Ajax goalkeeper. For those who don't know, the guy is 39 years old. <laughs> he was playing for small teams all his life. Then he kind of, I kind of had a resurgence in his career. And then, yeah, and then two, you know, it was just crazy. It's then so became weird. number one. Um, and then the other dude, I don't think has been capped yet by yeah. by Holland. So I don't know. I don't even think he's been called up. Line. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So that, this is going to be fun for sure. David Hornstein and the Athletic reports that Bournemouth are exploring the possibility of bringing in. Marcelo Bielsa, Gav, I'm really excited. I'm sure you are too. How could you not no, be excited by Marcelo Bielsa? Look, my only thing with Bielsa is if you parachute him in at mid-season, is it going to work? But you know, then again, I'm actually thinking about this. Semino preseason he has now. If he comes now, yeah, it's not like Bournemouth are sending dozens of players to the World Cup. No. I'm sure there must be a couple off the top of my head. Um, but uh, sure, why not? Bring in Bielsa. Let's have some showtime. Let's have yes. some excitement um, on the South Coast. It's weird, though. Like, the new owner apparently met with him in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know I don't know where Bielsa spends his offseason. I'm assuming Rosario. Yeah, you would think so. Was it easier to get to Vegas than... Was than the for them to Vegas? go to Argentina, I, maybe? To I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. But, I, yes, I would absolutely love it if yeah. Bielsa came back. Dua Lipa has denied rumors that she'll be performing at the opening ceremony at the Qatar World Cup next Sunday. In fact, she says she won't be going there until the country fulfills all the pledges it made when it won the rights to host the World Cup. Good for you, Dua Lipa. Very good for you. I don't know you. I don't, I don't know what you sing, but I'm sure you're very talented. But I like that. I like that. I'm sure she I, was offered the possibility to go for a lot of money, like a lot of artists. Some chose to, to be involved in it, and that's their choice. But she didn't, and I think she stood for her beliefs, and that's really good. Yeah, I... Just minor pedantic clarification. The when Cutter, this shows you how this functional football is. When Cutter won the rights, we know how they won the rights uh, to the World Cup. They didn't have any obligations or pledges to make in terms of LGBTQ rights, in terms of no, migrant workers' have, rights. Right? No, 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 no. Of course, but that just shows you yeah, how yeah, yeah. messed up and dysfunctional True. the world was, and the twenty-four yeah. people on the executive committee were at the time. Yeah. And Gab, let's go back to the wide world of Italian football. Who is Rosario D'Onofrio and why is he in the news? Rosario D'Onofrio, who I have to admit I had never heard of uh, until yesterday. So apparently he is a prosecutor in the referee's office. He goes and investigates cases of refereeing, malfeasance and whatever. Not so much match fixing, but improper things outside football. So it turns out that this guy's been arrested. He's been accused of essentially running drugs. He was what? he was arrested with large quantities of, uh, or arrested and implicated in the transportation of large quantities of drugs into the country. Um, now, all this other stuff has emerged that it's not clear. The Referees Association, I mean, he is a former linesman. The Referee Association gave him this job thinking that he was a lawyer. Turns out he was not really a lawyer. Uh, he told them that he'd been in, in military intelligence. Turns out that that's apparently not true either. Um, I, I don't know. I just think this is such a freak show. I hope we have a proper investigation. The only consoling fact is I don't think he was able to do any kind of serious damage, um, at least yeah, within football. Hope, yeah, um, in terms of 
importing illegal drugs that, you know, I think a court's going to decide that. Yeah. Jules, that brings us to an end. Wow. Guess what? The next show we do is going to be from Cutter, baby. Ooh, Doha. Incoming Doha. your way. It's not going to be on Thursdays. It's going to be Friday because we need time to get out there. Yeah. I think we might talk a little bit about the World Cup. Yeah. A little bit about Cristiano, too. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.